Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigSceneDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Hey, listener, this is Arnie Chapman, founder of the Sports History Network and host of the Football History Do podcast. Now, I'm stopping by this feed here to tell you about a new sponsor we have on the network. It's Play Classic Sports Simulation Board Games, spelled with two A's, P-L-A-A-Y. Realistic board game recreations of professional football, hockey, baseball, NASCAR, golf, and more. They cover nine sports in all, with a 10th basketball coming in 2022. You can relive great seasons of the past, create what-if matchups from different eras, and much more. It's fun! If you're into sports history, you should go and check them out. That's play with two A's. P-L-A-A-Y classic.com. Use the code SHN at checkout and get 10% off your first order. And on this episode, I sat down with Keith Avalone and his son Sam to talk about play games and what it means to them as far as the history of play games. A little bit about how Keith got into the whole board game business and then what the company is looking at from Sam moving forward into the future. And one cool thing that they're going to do for you is they're going to give one lucky winner a free Play Classic Sports Simulation board game. All you got to do is sign up on the giveaway page. The best way to get there is to head to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash play. That's P-L-A-A-Y, just like their website. But I'm going to go ahead and get right into the interview. So please enjoy this interview with Keith and Sam of Play Classic. Sure, that'd be super interesting. You know, the sports the sports uh, simulation board game hobby uh, it really has a, a rich heritage. It goes way back, you know, back really to the even to the 1930s. Uh, really, be kind of hit its stride in the 1950s, and then of course exploded in the 60s and 70s. And then when the computers came along, kind of died out. So uh, there've been you know gazillion different sports board game companies, and there, and there are a few still around. There are lots of small, it's kind of been taken over. It's kind of, it's almost analogous to what's happened in radio where it used to be, you know, a, a, a couple of major companies, uh, you know, uh, dominating. Uh, and uh, what am I trying to say? I guess it's more like you, you, radio used to be dominated by people that reached stations that reached large audiences of people. Uh, and then the internet came along and I get, it's kind of like microcasting. It's like, you get all these little niche audiences, uh, that are, you know, much smaller than, you know, than a, a radio station, which might broadcast a, you know, it might have a cum of half a million people or a, a million people. And, you know, I, I know there are podcasts out there that reach that as well, but uh, the vast majority of them, I would say probably reach in the hundreds or thousands, but there are hundreds and thousands of them, you know? So it's like almost com- become from gone from broadcasting to microcasting. And it's kind of the same way with the sports board game hobby, where there were a couple of, you know, giant monolith companies that are still around APA and Stratomatic. Uh, but the, but the, the smaller companies, uh, uh, small press companies have kind of uh, jumped in there and filled that void uh, in in a number of ways 
they're able to do it better than the the big companies. No, I think that's great. Yeah, because like you said, you niche, you focus on specifically that that particular audience. And okay, we're gonna. This is a theme of the the podcast that I run called the Football History Dude. I'm gonna pull something here in the the screen for you. I'm not sure if your son will quite get the reference, but can oh, you see what I right. have up there? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. Back to the future. Right? <laughs> okay, great. So, yes, the DeLorean. Every week, uh, I ask my guests to hop in the DeLorean with me, my listener, to go back in time, any point in history. So, for you, we're going to take it a little bit different stride. We're going to go back to hop in that DeLorean. Take me back to the first board game that you remember. It doesn't have to be sports simulation, but the first board game you remember playing and be- being like, oh, I fell in love with this. Oh, you know, I don't know that that's, I, I, I could probably, I could probably think about the first board game I ever played, but I was, and, and I'm thinking off the top of my head is probably was Scrabble, maybe Monopoly, but in playing that game, it wasn't the uh, epiphany that, oh, this is what I want to do with my life. You know, I love this, you know, it was fun. And uh, over the years I, I made and played, you know, many, many board games, but it wasn't until, uh, oh, I don't know. I guess it really wasn't until sports simulation games came along that I really decided this is, I, I really like to make my own. And, and it really wasn't a matter of, uh, for me, it wasn't a matter of, this is something I've always wanted to do. I just want, it was more like, doggone it, th- this game, you know, doesn't work right. There's, you know, something wrong with this and, and, and I can't get, you know, I can't find any, any game that's, you know, better. So I'm going to make my own, you know, it's more like I couldn't, there were certain, certain things that I didn't like about the uh, sports games I was playing. And the only solution I, I had to uh, fix them was to fix them myself. And and it really wasn't so much me. We, I, I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin, and none of us had any money. Uh, so we spent most of our you know free time playing these sports simulation games, you know, uh, just endlessly. And you know we 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 literally played we played twenty five seasons of our neighborhood uh, football league. We had we had like an eight to ten team league. Each of us had a a team in the league. We used the APA game. We we literally played twenty five full seasons. We would we would go to my my friend lived on a dairy farm, uh, and so we what we would do is we would uh, like on a summer typical summer uh, day we would all get on our bikes and we'd ride a six six mile ride out to his farm. We'd help him with the chores, uh, and then after the chores were done, we'd go to his grandfather's house. His grandfather was deaf. His grandfather was like 90 years old and, and was deaf and couldn't hear the racket. So we'd go over to the, that house and we'd and we'd stay up all night. We'd play an entire season in, a, in in an evening, in a night. I mean, we'd stay up all night. We'd make those Totino's pizzas and, and drink the liters of Coke. And we'd stay up all night and play out a full season, all eight of or eight to ten of us. And then uh, we'd crash. And then we'd get up after a couple hours and we'd have our draft for the next season. So, I mean, we would play endlessly. And in playing so much, that's where we kind of figured out, you know, this this is not quite realistic about this. This, you know, like with Appa, and no disrespect to Appa, I've got a ton of respect for anybody or any company that can make any kind of a sports board game. It's it's a real challenge for a lot of different reasons. But one of the things with Appa was, you know, the uh, the uh, quarterback's uh, sack percentage. You know, the, the the frequency that a quarterback took a sack, uh, of course, is related to the offensive line, but. Th- but the results which generated that were on the quarterback's card. So if you traded that quarterback, but you know, you traded Bobby Douglas from the Bears, who got sacked, you know, 10 or 15, 20% of the time, traded him to like the Dolphins with a great offensive line, he would still get sacked 20% of the time because all the sack results were on his card. And that that frustrated us. Like, that's not right. It shouldn't be like that. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Ultimately, after playing the game so much, 
you know, began, we began to think of ways that we could do it better. And by the, by the end of it, we had kind of our own game anyways, our, kind of our own derivative of Apple football that we were playing. And I think that's maybe the case with a lot of people that play sports simulation games. So that's where I kind of, kind of, you know, uh, developed the interest in it and the uh, the passion for it. It wasn't so much like I played a board game and then thought, no, no, this is what I want to do with my life. This is this is my calling. It wasn't really like that. Did that answer your DeLorean question? I, I'm surprised that th- that's the DeLorean question. I thought you were going to ask me to go back and to a, to a football sports football moment or something like that. But <laughs> I, I try to keep it uh, relevant to the guest, and uh, it's always different depending on where it goes. Oh well, I am a huge football fan I'm a huge football history buff like yourself so i mean i, I would definitely go there so just fyi okay, well that's gonna have to hop on the <laughs> second key we'll 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 give mr fusion a few uh beer bottles and beer cans and things like that banana peels and we'll go there down the road okay um you brought up a quick one it just reminds me of my brother and i playing madden 98 on the playstation or maybe playstation 2 all night trying to play the whole season through but we didn't have a uh a, a memory card so that we make it to the super bowl pass out and we're in it and it happened like three days in a row on a christmas thing but it just reminded me of like your your friends and the camaraderie of playing this sports simulation game throughout the whole night and then like yeah. you said waking up and just doing it over again different yep. realm different life or era but the same kind of thing mm-hmm. but let's flash forward just a little bit i mean i guess maybe you started kind of giving me the why why you started starting the board games. Let's give me the when, and then let's explain for the listener of the show what Play Games is all about. Play Games originally was all about sports simulation board games. That should be distinguished from sports games and sports simulations. Originally, um, this this would go back to when I was in college. That's kind of when I decided, you know, I'm going to make my own game. And I started working on my own game. That would have been 1978 uh, or so. Uh, and the, my, my football game, again, as I said, my, my biggest sports interest is in professional football. And so naturally that, that was where, you know, I spent most of my childhood playing, you know, board football games. And that's where I was, you know, kind of, uh, prompted to begin my, my, uh, sports board game design, uh, career as it were the first the f- beginnings of, of my football game were in 1978 by the mid 80s 83 84 85 i had like a working version of what i currently offer on the website second season football it came out was released uh in 1999 it was a a period of time between you know 1990 and 1999 that decade there where i i had the game in a finished form and i was just kind of sending it out to folks I, i was connected with jim gordon's uh sports game message board in the early days of the internet. And I would connect with people and they'd say, Hey, that sounds really interesting. Could you send me a copy? And so I'd send them a copy. And after a while, it started kind of getting uh, too expensive to send a copy. So I, I charged people five bucks to have it made to, pr- you know, print it at Kinko's or whatever and send it to them. And then eventually over time, it was, it got to the point where, you know, I'm going to go ahead and put this on, on the web. That was 1999. And my original strategy uh, in doing a sports board game company was to do, I had the football game. I also had a wrestling game. And I had a, a, a third game, a, a space alien invasion game, which, you know, doesn't really fit in, in the mix, but I figured, well, what the heck, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on there too. And my, my strategy in the early 2000s quickly became, I'm going I'm to focus on sports, which don't have a board game presence. Everybody had, you know, there's Stratomatic baseball and hockey and basketball, all, these, all the major sports were covered, but you know, nobody made a lacrosse game. Nobody made a roller derby game. 
nobody had made, uh, I guess there were a couple of bowling games, but, uh, you know, I, I, a demolition derby game. I was focusing on sports that were like of, of uh, you know, lesser interest, but still had some sort of a following. Uh, then eventually, I mean, giving you sort of the thumbnail here, we, we began to expand into the major sports. It be, became clear to me once my radio career started to kind of, you know, end and I, and I began to seriously consider doing sports board games as, as a, a second career. You know, it, it became pretty obvious to me that, well, you know, if you're going to succeed as a sports board game company, you're going to have to have a baseball game. And so uh, developed that. I had an idea in mind, worked on that. We can talk more about that later. But uh, uh, over time, between 2000, I relaunched Play Games in 2009 uh, uh, after fo- focusing on my radio career. So I, so I did, pl- I launched Play Games in, t- in 1999, late 1999, and shut it down in 2004 so that I could concentrate on my radio career. I was getting to the point, radio at that point was not quite where it is now, but it was still, it was going there. It was like, okay, you're, you know, it used to be in radio, uh, you, you wanted to specialize in something. You want to be really good at one thing, whether it was being a radio personality or a copywriter or, you know, uh, a programmer or a music director. And, you know, the, the jack, the idea of a jack of all trades, you know, good at everything or, you know, capable at everything, but not good, really good at anything was sort of laughed at in radio in those days. But then it became, started to shift where it's like, well, we got to start firing people. Now people are going to have to wear multiple hats. And so that's where I found myself in 2004. It's like, okay, I, I can't be just a disc jockey anymore. I'm going to have to start doing more. So I had to, you know, I, I really didn't have the spare time to be able to focus on sports board games. So I put it aside uh, and then focused on my radio career for, for five years. And eventually, you know, just kind of all, <laughs> it's a whole nother story, but bottom line is in 2009 is like, okay, I can see my future is not going to be in radio. It's going to have to be in sports board games. So I relaunched play games in 2009 with a different strategy at that point it's like okay well if i'm going to be a serious sports board game company i'm going to have to have the major sports baseball hockey uh nascar you know and at that and then i began to kind of drift away from the original strategy of doing these little boutique games that nobody you know for sports that not that many people really cared about so that was kind of a landmark shift and you know fast forward to today where you know we see that the the idea of a sports simulation board game is you know, it's kind of, kind of, uh, I don't want to say going out of style, but, uh, clearly the future is, doesn't look too rosy for sports simulation board games, despite our best efforts to preserve them and advance the cause. So in 2018, we made the decision. My my son was in college at the time. We, we kind of made the decision, you know, let's, uh, I, I think we should try to expand out into other kinds of games, not just sports games. So Sam joined the company in 2019 and we have, we, we, that's when we launched play now. So we have uh, play classic, which is the sports simulation games, which of course your audience is going to be interested in. And then we moved to uh, play now, which is non-sports, non-simulation games. And that's a whole, whole different thing. So all that to say, that's when, when you say, what is play, you know, what, what's play all about? That's kind of the, the backstory to it. Uh, we're kind of ever, we're ever changing. We're, we're evolving to a place where, you know, we want to, we want to stay relevant for the 2020s and, uh, you know, w- without discarding the heritage of, of, you know, the, the 1970s and eighties with, with sports simulation board games. Would that, okay. So when you, when you said introduce these new games and then the initial, I know you, you kind of altered the one, would you consider, I don't know if that's the right term, like you, you author all of these games or do you have other people that work on them with you? Well, I author them myself. I do have, a uh, 
a trusted group of play testers who uh, help out with, uh, you know, giving me input. And, uh, you know, a good play tester is really, really hard to find. Uh, there are plenty of people who are willing to volunteer to play test your game, but oftentimes they don't provide you with really, you know, salient, useful information. I mean, it's not, it's not that helpful to say, yeah, I, re- I played, I really loved it. You know, it's like, well, you know, what about it? Did you like, what didn't you like? So uh, over the years, I've been doing this now for 20 something years. And so I've developed this, uh, this core group of, of really trusted people, uh, many of whom I've never met in person, which is interesting. Uh, and they've provided, provided me great, great feedback. So I would say I've authored them, but with the help of, uh, you know, a, a group of, of really solid uh, sports board gamers. So you have your advisors, the Knights at the Round Table, that help you get to the right board game, <laughs> the, the right combination. Right. Well, usually we're working on the, uh, it's not the board game, but, you know, we're, we, we've decided we're working on a specific sport. Like, like right now we're working on basketball and, you know, they'll be giving me input on uh, whether this feels right or this doesn't feel right. This this is happening too often. This isn't happening often enough. Here's a factor that you, that the game doesn't seem to capture, it, and it's pretty important. How, let's build something in that will capture that. That's the kind of input that they give me. It's really, really helpful. Do you ever work with uh, statisticians or any of that type of thing that help help this along? Or, well, you know, there's two camps in the sports simulation board game world. Uh, there's the there's the stat camp. The people who are who are all about the statistics to them, it, it's almost that uh, you know the game itself doesn't matter. It's the statistics that matter that you're going to generate from the game. How close are they going to come to real life? Uh, and for those people, they you know it's it's stats, stats, and more stats. And then there's the other group, which is the group that we aim for, which is more narrative driven. Where the number, you know, we, you want to have realistic, reasonable stats, but we're not so concerned about recreating statistics as we are recreating the the feel and the the you know the the sensation of watching or you know or coaching a particular sport. So our our uh, games are are story driven. Many of the results hinge upon a player having or not having a certain quality. And if he has it, he will he will make this great play or do something special. If he doesn't have it, then he doesn't do it. So it, it's very much, oh wow, you know, he, he had a chance to 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 make the big play and didn't, or did. You know, it, it's very much you know a narrative driven type thing as opposed to rolling a dice and and rolling within a range of you know thirty to thirty five. This happens thirty six to forty one. This happens forty two to fifty five. You know, using do two d tens, and you're basically just kind of finding a result as a result of where the dice fall. Uh, we definitely do use stats to, uh, to uh, create the players and ratings for each of the seasons. Uh, and for, for those, there's plenty of websites with references that I'm sure you're familiar with that give you, you know, accurate statistics representations of, of seasons and stuff like that. So it's not to say that we don't use stats in the games. It's just not quite as much of a focus for ours as uh, some other sports board games make it. Right, exactly. So it's fair to say that that's that's part of the recipe, but the secret sauce is that you're focusing on the narrative and the story to be part of it and live that experience kind of thing. Very, yes, that's very true. And, and we've got a, a really gr- a really loyal and, and uh, growing uh, you know group of folks who, who are really appreciate that approach, which is gratifying. Not to say that, not to say that everybody does, but... You know, there, but 
and that's fine. You know, whatever I always tell people, you know, uh, you know, fun is, is what you think it is. If you think it's fun, it's fun, you know? And if you think that the adding up statistics and comparing them to real life is fun, well, then that, that, that's legitimate fun. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm not disparaging anybody. I'm just saying there, there are people who, for whom the narrative is fun and, and we, we, uh, really value those people and they, they, uh, uh, spend a lot of time with us. Oh, for sure. I mean, going back to, like you said, at the outset of this interview of how radio has shifted and you have more micro niche. And now that's kind of what you are. The, you're the niche of the narrative story and to be able to relive the experience, which you kind of dug into a little bit of some of the questions we were going to get into. One of the questions there would be, uh, I saw on the site how it says these games, there's a category that says solitaire, almost like, like you can play these games by themselves. Like, how, how does that work? How would you describe how someone could play one of these games by themselves? Well, primarily, th- that really is uh, one of the s- distinguishing factors of, uh, of uh, what we do uh, and, 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 our, and our game design philosophy, which also, you know, to a certain extent carries over to play now. And the idea is mo- many games, well, you know, the, the majority of, of uh, the hobby game press you know, you know hobby board game industry uh, focuses on developing multiplayer games, which can then be maybe adapted to play solo by making some different rules or something. There is a growing solitaire board game community uh, aside from sports, but our games have always been uh, solitaire first. They've always been uh, designed for people to play by themselves, uh, pri- primarily really from a practical standpoint, because uh, it's really hard to find people to play these games against. There's not a lot of people. I don't know that there really ever has been a lot of people who play sports simulation board games. Certainly it was more popular in the uh, 1960s and 70s and 80s. Uh, but even then, I don't think it was, you know, mass appeal. It was still kind of a niche thing even then. So most people, I think, uh, you know, ha- have have difficulty finding people to play against. So by necessity, you know, the games have had to be developed to be uh, uh, solitaire. Uh, and uh, as, as a side note, you know, we've done a number of conventions over the past few years. Uh, and it's amazing how we'll, we'll always have somebody come, usually multiple people who've come, they've never played a sports game against somebody else. It's all their, their entire, and these people might be, you know, 40, 50 years old, 60 years old. They've, their entire sports board game experience is solitary. They have never played a game against anybody else. And they're just delighted when they find other people who have that same interest. So our, our games have always been designed. The sports games have always been designed to be played solitaire first. And the way that works is. Uh, again, it's a simulation game. Uh, so you're simulating a, a, a professional sport and it recreates the experience of, uh, of like watching a game on TV in, in many ways. There are strategic elements that have been that, that are added. Uh, so, for example, the football game, for example, um, the, the, uh, the offensive coach has a selection of, of uh, six different offensive plays they can call. And there are uh, four different defenses that can be called. And when you're playing head to head, you know, the offensive player, the offensive coach chooses which offensive play he's going to run and who he's going to throw the ball to uh, or run the ball with. And the defensive player chooses what defensive setting he's going to use. And then you reveal and then you roll the dice and f- see what happens. Uh, when you're playing solitaire, uh, there is a, a series of, uh, there, there, there are auto coach, you know, uh, solitaire defense and offense systems where you can roll the dice to make that play call for you. Uh, so you can, uh, typically the, the classic mode of playing a sports simulation game, like a football game would be, uh, the, you decide what play you're going to call, 
you'll roll a die or dice to determine what defensive setting was called. Then you roll the dice to see what happens on the play. And then you'll record the result and move on to the next play. So you're not so much playing the game against somebody. You're just sort of, you're, you're conducting this simulation and watching it unfold before you as it happens. And with, with the same frequency, the same, you know, the same, uh, the same kind of experience you'd, you'd have watching a game on TV with, with football when you're playing at solitaire. You know, I, I, there's so many uh, correlations I can go. I go to my Madden days again. One of my favorite modes that I love to play on there on Madden is the uh, franchise mode where you draft a player, then you simulate the season, then you do it through all like the all the stuff like mm-hmm. that's behind the scenes and the administrative stuff. But then I don't actually play the game. I just want to see how <laughs> how the whole story plays out. So it's the same concept. It's just digitally right, and you can and you can click the button on Madden. And the game will play automatically. You don't actually have to play it. It'll just It'll, you know, you make your decisions, you hit the button, it plays out. And yeah, that's, that's, that's legitimate fun, <laughs> I think. Right. Yeah. So to yeah. go back to your point about earlier, if somebody like, you know, whether they, if it's your fun is the stats. Okay. If it's your fun is this. Okay. It's like, whatever that perception of that person is, that's reality. And I yeah. think this is just a, a, a topic that a lot of people that maybe don't understand there's more of these types of simulation games out there. That's why we'd like to introduce it to all of our listeners on our network. And uh, speaking of listeners on our network, uh, maybe we'll get a new one. Hey, Sam, what's it like basically growing up in a uh, board game family business? Growing up in a board game family business. Well, I, I didn't really grow up in a for- board game family business. Um, <laughs> radio. It, yeah, it was really more radio is what I remember uh, Keith working in when I was a kid. Um, I, I do have vague memories of him uh, locking himself in his office for a few hours at a time and uh, playing football, playing what eventually became second season. Um, but it wasn't really until 2009, I guess is when you officially relaunched play.com at which point I was in not quite high school, probably middle school. Um, and I think when you first relaunched it, you were still doing some radio stuff on the side as well, right? right. There was kind of a transitionary period. So, um, yeah, it really wasn't until, uh, when I was in high school that we became a, a, a board game family business. Um, and it, it really hasn't been a family business until I joined, uh, no one else in my family. In fact, nobody else in my family is really even interested in, in board games. It's really just us. I have two sisters, um, who aren't really into, into gaming at all. Um, and then my mom of course, isn't very interested either. So it's really just my dad and I, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, I, I feel very fortunate to have had this, uh, opportunity to work in, uh, an industry that I feel like really suits my personality and the type of work that I like to do. Um, and just have that immediately available to me outside of college. I, I went to school for uh, 3d animation actually, which isn't exactly, um, adjacent to what I'm doing now. Um, but I, I, it was a good experience and it set me up for a lot of the graphical work that I'm doing now and, uh, w- with the company. And, um, I don't know, I, I definitely feel fortunate and, um, it's been a lot of fun growing up in a board game family. So uh, that's my two cents on it. <laughs> no, you can keep that, keep that right there because this would be another more for Sam then because on the site. So we're going to get into a little bit of like the uh, delivery methods or the mechanisms for the the listener that wants to purchase the games. And of course there's the physical board games. And then there's also the option to, like I saw to download. And then it said, if you have a 3d printer, then you mm-hmm. can go ahead and get some of these pieces. So let's go ahead and talk about that. The op- the options for the listener if they're 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 going out to purchase a board game and what they could do from your from your company. 
Sure. Um, so the website, of course, is uh, playclassic.com. That's P-L-A-A-Y classic.com. Uh, two A's in there. Uh, and that's the only place that our games are available, our, our sports games at least. The the non-sports games is on playnow.com. So it's P-L-A-A-Y-N-O-W.com. So uh, similar shopping experience on both sites. Uh, we do all of our sales online, so we don't sell in any um, retail stores or any uh, Amazon, anything like that. It's all uh, direct from our website. And anything you order from our website comes right from our house. We operate it all out of our basement here. And uh, so anything you get from us is is shipping from our uh, main headquarters location. We assemble it ourselves. So, yeah, I, I guess I would encourage listeners to to give it a give it a click. Check it out. Um, we've laid out all the games on there. It's very easy to, to navigate. Um, we also have a YouTube channel, um, that I would say I would recommend checking out before you purchase any games. If you're on the fence about, uh, if this is something that you might be interested in or not, um, we have a YouTube channel where we, um, just twice a week, uh, Mondays and Thursdays, we stream live and usually it's just playing games. We play a lot of our games. Uh, sometimes it's not so much gameplay, but more, um, just kind of other miscellaneous variety show type things. Um, but there's definitely uh, plenty of demos on there. If if you have any questions about how the game is played, or if you're wondering if it's something you're interested in, and if you have any uh, more direct questions, you can always contact us as well. We've got a contact link right there on the front page of the site that you can, you can get in touch with us by if you have more questions besides that. So I'm on YouTube right now and I click on, I just searched play games and it looks like there's a channel right there for it. So then, like you said, I could just go through here and a lot of these are you maybe playing the games and things yep. like that then. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lots of gameplay on there. Um, yeah. You just go to our channel page and scroll through. We've got lots of colorful thumbnails. So you just click on whatever looks interesting and the uh, worst case scenario, you get a half hour of entertainment out of it. Perfect. So we got the link here that we'll have, have to add in the show notes. And But I'm watching this game right now. So I'm watching this Commissioner's Prize. And this is like, I don't know, it's three in the morning. You guys are sleeping, well, at least depending on if maybe you're sleeping, depending on what part of the country. I want to play this game now. Mm. How do I go about sure. doing that? Okay, so yeah. So as you, as you uh, pointed out, a lot of our, we do have a lot of PDF offerings on the site. Um, Play Classic, the sports simulation games, are not offered as uh, PDF games. We have card sets and things that are offered as PDFs, and there's um, lots of freebies that you can download um, to just check out kind of what the game components look like. Uh, Play Now does offer PDF games. So if it's 3 in the morning and you're looking for something to play and you're on playnow.com and something just really catches your eye, you can absolutely uh, download it. It all downloads as a PDF file. Uh, you print it out on your home printer. Um, you know, <laughs> some printers work better than others, so no, uh, can can't guarantee exactly the quality of the components that'll come out of it. Um, or send it to Office. Max. Or send it to Office Max. That's true. We do recommend uh, that uh, to a lot of people who don't have maybe the best printers at home. You can send it to Office Max or Kinkos or wherever you get your printing done and have them print it for you, and you'll get a nice product that way. Um, and yeah, from there, it's really just a matter of, you know, taking the pages that you get and cutting it out and it'll, it'll create boards and cards and, uh, you know, chips, markers, all the little pieces that you need to, to play your game. We really design um, a lot of our play now games around that functionality of being able to just click on it, download it, play it, 
print it out and it just with a, a couple quick cuts, you're, you're playing the game. Um, so that's definitely something we think about with playing out play classic. Not so much. Those games are, um, a little too, uh, resource intensive to, to really print out effectively. Um, so those you would have to order directly. Okay. Yeah. So if, again, we, we have that, um, we're going to keep all the links up there. If the person were to come up to the website, they're going to find this something that's called play.com cup. So how do I earn a play cup? <laughs> I'm going to pass it back to Keith for that one. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, so first of all, we're, you're, you must be on the play.com site, which is kind of like our hub, which directs people to either play now or play classic. Uh, this is something that we uh, initiated in February. So it's, it's still relatively new. And we short answer is we've we've kind of discontinued the Playcom Cup uh, program. Uh, we've we've kind of outgrown it. It's, it's well, we don't have, we don't have the resources to hire somebody to do it full time because there's so many people doing completing projects. We we'd be sending out we we I'm serious. We would probably send out two or three cups a day easily. Um, so, but in the past, from 2009 till oh, I guess probably about 2019. Uh, if you finished a project, you could send us the details. We would send you a little, a little, a trophy with the, the, with your name on it. And the, like, it looked like a little engraved, it's actually a sticker, but you know, it looked sort of like an engraved plaque placard type thing on the, on the trophy, which commemorated you and your accomplishment and, uh, the game that it was played with. And we would mail it to you and just, you know, you'd put it on your little trophy shelf and remind you of all the fun you had playing your you know, 1968 uh, Bears season with second season football or whatever, whatever it was you finished. So that's the Playcom Cup. You can't get one. Well, we, you, we actually, th- I am sending out a few this week. We do send them out occasionally just for fun, but you know, you can't, uh, we don't, we don't make it a, a goal to send out one to everybody anymore. It's just, it's too much. We, we aren't able to do that. Let's go before we move into the the end here, the DeLorean. Where is the company heading then? The direction. Where is the company heading? Where is Play Games heading? Well, what? So first of all, when you say the company, I assume you mean Play Games as a whole, because um, we were really Play Classic and Play Now are two um, kind of distinct uh, brands at this point. Um, but and Play Games kind of houses both of those. Yeah. So uh, so so Play Games as a whole. Um, where is it heading? Well, gosh, we were, that's really a difficult question to answer. Just today, we were uh, putting together our, our schedule for 2022 and looking at uh, all the releases that we want to get out and trying to balance. Um, really, at this point, it's a balancing act of maintaining our um, sports board game uh, side of the business while also finding time to uh, really grow and advance the play now non-sports board game side of the business. Um, so as Keith was talking about, uh, we're working on basketball right now with play classic. That's the sports games. Um, and that is our, our, our main focus at the moment with, with sports. And, you know, we've got other, um, sets and stuff that we maintain. We, we do annual release releases of, um, the previous season of sports for each of the, uh, sports that we cover. So, um, that of course is, is in our future. Um, uh, but as far as the, the overall general direction, I would say it's what we're trying to, play classics um legacy um maintain its uh keep sports board games available to the people that want to play them um while also uh moving into the new world of non-sports board games um which is where a lot more of our our potential customer base lies i think 
So before we get into the end of the last words of wisdom part of the show, Keith, you did say you're a pro football fan and you thought you're going to hop in the Mandalorian and go back in time. So if you could go to one moment in NFL history and you could relive that, be a part of it, maybe even if it's before your time, where are we going? You know, I, I think probably, of course, there are a lot of candidates for that moment, but I would say probably I'd go to Tulane Stadium in New Orleans in November of 1970 and watch Tom Dempsey kick that 63-yard field goal to win the game against the uh, Lions. That was, uh, you know, I, I've watched, uh, re- re- in the past 10 years, the video of that telecast, the CBS telecast of Don Crickey, uh, made it onto the internet. And I, and I think the NFL took it off for a while, but then they said, you know, what the heck? So it's back on there again. And I've probably watched that video, I don't know, a hundred times of, of him kicking that field goal. And it's just such a, such an astounding moment. And, uh, you know, I was a kid, I'm a a big saints fan. You know, I started out, you know, liking the saints for a very odd reason. Uh, and of course, you know, in those days they were a pretty bad team and, uh, it took a lot of grief from my green Bay Packer, uh, classmates, And, you know, for that one moment, it was like, you know, just unbelievable to be a a Saints fan and to, to, you know, experience that moment. And, of course, I didn't see it on TV. I didn't hear it on the radio. We were living in Wisconsin. This is the days before ESPN. So there was no internet. There's no way to watch it. I did manage to, you know, get to the Monday Night Football and watch Howard Cosell do the halftime highlights. And they did have it on the halftime highlights. So that was the only time I actually ever saw it until – recently but that would be the moment i would i would go back to the fact that half the stadium left you know before he kicked it was uh you know noteworthy i think and if you ever have you ever watched the video of that when he kicks that ball it's like a cannon you can hear his foot hitting that ball and it's just an unbelievable moment and don cricky says i don't believe it it's good you know so yeah what that, that would be my delorean moment yeah, I don't know if you can actually see the screen because you were looking at the camera when you're doing it, but this right here is why I was flailing my arms all around oh, because, no. yes, I am a Lions fan. And the, the listeners of the Football History Dude show, they were just sitting there cringing with me because of the most recent Baltimore Ravens, right. Justin Tucker, and, of course, they bring up the Dempsey and everything like that. Right. So, yeah, that, that's a sore subject around these Sorry parts. to have brought it up. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, that's okay. But you did take a jab at the Packers as a Saints fan in Wisconsin, so I can dig with that. You're back on cool terms after that conversation. So with that being said, Keith, last words of wisdom that you have for the listener of this podcast regarding play classic, play now, whichever one you want to talk about. Well, I would say that, uh, you know, I know you you reach out to sports history buffs and really uh, the genre of sports simulation board games, I think really is appealing to the sports history buff. It affords people the opportunity to do a lot of things that, uh, you know, they, they kick around in their head like, you know, would the 85 Bears have beaten the 72 Dolphins? You know, you can actually experience that and, and, and find out in, you know, you can, you can satisfy your curiosity to see what would that have looked like? We have a number of uh, all-time great teams for uh, the various sports. We have for all-time franchise greats for football and hockey and baseball. And, you know, uh, people are allowed – it gives people the opportunity. If you, No matter what team, you, maybe you're, you're a Tigers fan. You can see all the great Tigers players playing together on the same team. How would they have done against, you know, the all-time great A's or the, or the Phillies or, or whatever? 
so it gives you a lot of, you know, what if opportunities uh, that are are interesting and I think engaging, and it 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 presents them in a very plausible, very realistic manner. It's not like you know, fantasy land. It's not like, oh, this is this is crazy. This is goofy. It's like it, it presents it in a very reasonable, logical, plausible manner. And it allows you to experience some really cool things. So I do feel like even if you've never played a sports simulation board game before, uh, if you're a fan of of a sports history, I think this is something that y- you know you might enjoy. And and again, I would say before you buy a game, watch a few videos and, and uh, you know, follow along with the chats. Uh, and, and, and follow along with the action. And, you know, you, you might be surprised. You might, you might, you might come up with that feeling like, wow, this is pretty cool. I think I'd like to try this. So that'd be my final two cents on, uh, sports simulation board games as they apply to, uh, the sports history buffs. Perfect. And Sam, just one last reminder, where can the listener get their hands on their next favorite game? Sure. That is going to be P L A A Y classic C L A S S I C.com. And then, of course, the uh, non-sports board games will be on playnow.com. That's P-L-A-A-Y-N-O-W.com. Or you can just go to play.com, P-L-A-A-Y.com, and it's the hub for both. And then just click on the game you want. That's true. That's probably easier. Five letters, P-L-A-A-Y. Again, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash play, P-L-A-A-Y, to listen to the full interview as well as sign up for your chance to win the giveaway right now. And again, don't forget to use that promo code SHN at checkout. That's SHN for 10% off your first order. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I hope that you enjoyed this recent episode presented by the Sports History Network and were able to learn some good old-fashioned sports history knowledge nuggets. I started the Sports History Network back in 2020 with the mission to help podcasters find a community of like-minded sports history nerds as well as helping aspiring podcasters to start their own shows. We have a little bit over 30 shows on the network right now covering all sorts of sports history, but as far as I'm concerned... We're just at the toothpick in the ocean moment, you know, that can't even figure it out because there's so much more coming. We wanted to create the ultimate headquarters for sports yesteryear, starting with Podcast Network and our website, but we're going to continue to move into other mediums as well. And here's the cool part, because we want you to be part of our team. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast, or maybe being a guest on one of our shows, or who knows, maybe even writing an article for us over on the website, seriously, all you got to do is reach out to us on the contact page over at Sports. HistoryNetwork.com. You can be as technologically savvy as a Neanderthal tapping on a stone trying to figure out this whole hieroglyphics thing back in the day. Again, it doesn't matter, because even if you don't understand the whole podcast space, we have a production team that can pretty much help you out with doing everything. All you gotta do, head over to SportsHistoryNetwork.com, head to the contact page, fill it out. That message goes right to me, and I'll reach out to you as soon as I can. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through.